Hey, Mercyville students, Pastor Dan here. It's the EDGE uh, Youth Service Week 8 online. Uh, I can't believe it's been going on for this long at this point. Social distancing restrictions are beginning to ease up some. We, we're prayerfully uh, in hope that they continue to ease up. We plan to meet at church uh, on the first Sunday in June, on sun- Sunday mor- mor- morning. Uh, so that that uh, will is our plan, and uh, we, we look forward to seeing you there. Then, not quite sure when the edge will will will, will start back, but um, when small groups can begin to meet, uh, we'll probably begin to do some things there first, and then we'll sort of jump into the edge as well. We're going to jump into our text today. I hope you're getting in the word. Uh, I'm glad you've joined me tonight as we on the Sermon on the Mount week week two. The, uh, the title of our sermon series is Beautiful Attitudes and Simple Truths. It can also be called Savage Truths, I think, because some of these things that we talk with greed, hatred, lust, anger, judgment, there are some things that are gonna, you're going to be confronted with that you've got to make a choice. Am, am I going to, to, to follow God or am I going to keep, keep, keep living the way that I have? So you're going to have to make a choice. You know, about a week ago, uh, I'd heard that the Blue Angels were going to be flying in Jack- Jacksonville and doing their salute to healthcare healthcare work, work workers. And uh, I love flyovers at a football game or at a NASCAR race. There's nothing like seeing some of these planes just fly just so low and they're so loud and the power and the awe as they come in a lot of times at the in the national anthem and it's just one of those moments as a kid I've always it's 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 something I've always loved and I still do so I saw on the map that they were going to be flying over a part of the St. John's River it's right near my dad's house and um it's a, it's a spot where we got in the boat quite a bit and uh, tube or swim or just cruise around the boat. So I thought, man, it would be so cool on f- Friday to drive down there, jump in the boat, and just go m- in the middle of the St. John's and just see these these amazing planes go flying over. Uh, and so I told Michelle and the kids about it the night before. So the n- next 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 morning around 10 a.m., we jumped in the car. It's about an hour ride down to my dad, so it's a little bit of a trek down there. We get down there. Uh, the boat's in a lift. He's on, he lives on the mouth of Julian Creek. So we, I, I begin to put the boat down into the water. As I get in the boat, when the boat's in the water, I, I notice that the power switch is, is up. Now, I'd used the boat last week and was supposed to shut everything down, but I had missed the switch. And the switch gives power to the electrical parts of the boat. And if you leave the switch on, it can drain the battery. So when I saw the switch up, my heart sort of sank and I thought, oh, oh no, because we're about five minute boat ride to where it's a prime spot. These planes would fly right o- over you on the St. The John's. So we still had about 35 minutes to go. And so I go to crank the boat and there's nothing. This one won't crank at all, won't turn over at all. So I go up to my dad. We get a battery char- char- charger for the boat. We, we, we stick it on. And I I say to my dad, Dad, I bet it's probably going to start 10 minutes after the planes fly over. And he goes, oh, let's give it a shot. So about 15 minutes passed. I try to crank it. It begins to crank, but not enough. Uh, We wait about 10 more minutes, 
and uh, we're getting near the deadline, and I, I try to cr- crank it again. One, once again, it, 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 it cranks up. It begins to turn over, but it won't start up. So I sit on the dock, and far away, I look out, and after about five minutes, these planes go streaking over nice and low, right where it would have been a beautiful spot in the boat, but we're like miles away from it at this point. And so we see the planes fly from as far off as we were. I begin to, I'm dejected at this point. I begin to put the boat back up. I thought, well, let me just try and see if it'll start up now. Lo and behold, I turn it, it, it cranked right up. We end up putting the boat down. We run around a, a little bit out in the boat since we made that full check down. I felt re- re- really bad. I had gotten everybody down there, and it was my fault that the boat wouldn't start. I know what's in- interesting is, is that boat was in prime working condition. It had gasoline. It had the motor that was running well. It had no holes in the boat at all. Uh, everything on the boat was was working, but the one thing that was wrong was that the battery was was dead. And without the battery being charged up, without that being juiced up, we would we couldn't go out in the boat. It was just going to sit there and float. It would not do what it was intended to do. It wasn't going to work. And as we look at the text that we're in, uh, in verses three and four, the verse from from last week: "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom." Of heaven. Now we're going to go to blessed are those who mourn, uh, and then then we're going to blessed are those who are meek. Uh, It's interesting because you cannot start the Christian life without understanding your sinful condition and your need for a a a savior. Just like the the boat wouldn't wouldn't start and crank, you cannot begin without that. You've got to have a charge battery. You've got to understand your sinful condition and your need for a, a Savior. You've got to put your faith in the Savior. If not, the Christian life will not work. It will never start up. You've got to have these 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 truths. And, and I saw a picture uh, a week or two ago uh, right here of this, this truck that is, says no shortcuts on it. And it's trying to take a shortcut, and it's paying a price. In the Christian life, there are no shortcuts. There are no ways around it. Now, remember, uh, blessed means happiness or highly favored. A great definition would be approved by God. Now, our message today deals with mourning and meekness. Uh, And one might ask, what in the world does this have to do with teenagers? Uh, And can I I tell you? It has everything to do with teenagers and adults. So the truths that we're going to even discuss this evening are imperative for you to get and for you to understand and for you to take as something important. We're going to be in start in Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 4. It says this, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, this isn't referring to physical mourning. It's not, or, or grief. It's not the, the sorrows from a loss. Gr- granted, 
you will, or some of you have experienced a great tragedy or loss in your life. And as believers in Christ, the word of God just tells that you will be comforted, that, 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 that the peace of God that passes all understanding will be passed on to you, that God grants us comfort, peace, mercy, and grace. That, that is truth. But this procl- proclamation here is for those who, who are mour- mourning over their sin. We've talked about this, most are those who are poor in spirit that understand their sin separates them from God. Step two is Blessed are those who mourn over their sin. See, the, the, um, and the first way we mourn o- over sin is we mourn over our own sin. You see, we can mourn, mourn over our own sin, and then we can mourn over the sin of this world, these things of this world that just aren't right. Uh, the Bible tells us that in order uh, to come to faith in Christ, we must repent. It says in Luke 13, 3, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. It means to turn from our sin. It's a two-step action. We, our, our sin is here. We're going, we're embracing it. We, we, we shove it away. We turn away from it and walk away from it. That's part, step one of repentance. You will not r- repent when you are bringing your sin with you proudly. It doesn't work that way. You turn from sin. It says you turn to Christ. Uh, we've got to, that's step two. We've got to Turn to him. See, we we choose sin because uh, we think we know better than than God. Oh, I can do what I want. Uh, I know better. Uh, and uh, do we understand how dangerous sin is? I I uh, I saw on Facebook just yet yet yesterday a a video of a guy who's at a zoo and he's 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 Filming his daughter, who's probably seven or eight, and she's about ten feet in front of a a lion cage. And there's these bars that are going down. It's an outside sort of cage with these big bars. And there's a big lion right behind her. I mean, just just Mufasa big. And and as you watch this guy as he talks to his girl and she's smiling. In the background, you see by the cage there's someone who works there, right outside of the cage, doing something. And he, he reaches in the cage, and the lion bites down and latches onto his arm and begins to try to pull the man through the bars into the cage. Now, the body, the man cannot fit. He can't get pulled through the cage unless everything in him breaks apart and he gets that thin. So he's trying to pull himself out while this arm, he's trying to beat the lion on the head. And it's like he's almost petting it because it's just a huge lion and uh, you're, you watch in horror, and you're thinking, as I watch this, okay, two things are, one of two things are about to occur. One, the lion's going to rip the guy's whole arm off, and blood's going to be squirting everywhere. Or two, the lion's going to let loose enough of the guy's arm that he's going to be able to jerk free. And after about 15 seconds, the guy's arm flies. No, the, the guy gets his arm out. And in the video, you can't really see his hand or arm, but you know it's it's got to be in very bad shape. It reminds me of that show when animals attack, and a lot of times there are the people that have raised the bear cub since it was little, or the 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 cub lion, or the tiger cub, and they've raised it and loved it, or the gorilla or the chimpanzee, and they've thought, oh, I, this is this is my pet, and they it is their their quote unquote child, 
and it grows up, and in the, when a, animals attack show, all of a sudden it shows a clip of where this lion or whatever, this tiger attacks and mauls the owner, and everybody's like, we were stunned. We never imagined this was going to happen. How in the world did this happen? And the problem is this, it's a lion. It eats meat, and humans are fresh meat at some point, if it wants you to be. And we forget that this lion isn't just a pet, but it's, it's, it's wild with in- instinct, and it can hurt you, it can harm you, it can kill you like that. And so we understand that of a lion. Now, Josh Re- Revis has spoken at our youth camps quite a few years, and he's used this illustration, that illustration, a time or two. Um, and just to let you know, our camp dates have changed to August 2nd through the 6th, the week before school starts. Uh, we're going to try to get it in this summer, uh, Lord willing, if we can. So August 2nd through the 6th, come jo- join us at, at camp. Uh, uh, Adam Page is going to speak uh, for this year at camp, and it's going to be re- really good. Uh, but Josh will use that, that similar story about sin, and he shares this phrase, sin isn't a pet to be tamed, it's a lion to be slain. We act like sin is this thing that, oh, it's good, it's fine, I'll be fine. But it's not, it's not this, this nice pet that we can have. It's, it's something that can hurt us or will hurt us and can kill us. Uh, it's not something to play around with. It's a big deal. You know, in order to mourn over our sin, uh, we've got to get away from it. And there are some things... Uh, of reasons why we don't get away from sin. Why, why, if sin is that big a deal, why do we still partake in it? Why do we still got, 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 gossip and, and we hate and do we, do we want, do we, do we covet and do we have idols and why do we do this? And th- this is point number one. We do it because we love to sin. Uh, we don't sin and it, it feels bad all the time. Sin is a temporary good feeling. If it wasn't, why would we sin it in the first place? But it's fleeting. It doesn't last. That's why you've got to sin more and more. And as you sin, it's going to cause harm. It's going to hurt, but it's fleeting. It's temporary. But man, we do it because we love it. Two, we do. uh, uh, We we, we don't walk away from sin because of our pride and presumption. Uh, You know, I'm not really that bad. My sin's not that bad. I'm not, I'm not as bad as Billy or Tommy or Petey. Uh, we, we compare ourselves to those around us. Oh, I'm not as bad as they are. And I'll, I, I, I will be okay. I'll, I can quit anytime. Or I deserve fun sometimes, right? We, we tend to talk ourselves into it. The third, third reason why we don't walk away from it is because of procrastination and lay, laziness. Uh, the thought of, ah, uh, I'll deal with it later. I don't have time to, de- to deal w- with it now. We treat it like our, sc- our schoolwork. Uh, I'll get to it, but just not right now. I'm just not in the mood. And the problem is, it's not about you being in the mood to deal with your sin. When you're confronted with your sin, we need to deal with the sin. We need to let it go. It says in the text here that those who mourn, will be comforted. Uh, and man, we all like to be com- comforted, don't we? When we're sick, when we're down, when we're wor- worried or nervous or scared. Man, give me 
comfort any day of the week. And interestingly, the word for com- com- comfort here is paraclete, a Greek word. Uh, and this same word is used in John 14, verse 26, where uh, he's writing, uh, he says, but the help- helper, or paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Blessed are those who mourn over their sin, for they will be comforted. Who did Jesus send to us when we put our faith in Christ and him? His Holy Spirit. What does it do? It comforts us, especially when we mourn and grieve over our sin. God, I'm sorry for my sins. You know, I can't not think about the verse, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us for all unrighteousness. There's not a better feeling than getting away from that sin and feeling the approval and the grace of God in the midst of it. Verse 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, meek is a very funny word. Uh, when we think of meek, we, we usually think of someone who is timid and shy, almost sort of, sort of weak, uh, that they need to speak up because no one really hears them. They're just sort of a wallflower type. They're, uh, the problem is that's not what the word means at all. It's, it's, it's akin to gentleness, one of the fruits of the Spirit, uh, where some would say, gentleness refers to action. Meekness refers to attitude, the attitude behind the gentle action. Uh, Both work together for the same result. The best way I can describe meekness is is when I think about the Incredible Hulk from the Avengers films. Now, the, the Hulk is a... A, a a beast who, when he gets, uh, he's a man named Bruce, 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 Bruce Bauer, uh, Bruce, Bruce Banner, uh, and and when he he gets hurt or mad or scared, he turns into this huge green guy, sort of a build like myself, sort of ripped, and he 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 likes to smash everything in these films, and he's out of control. He, he can barely be talked to. He's angry. He's mad. He's swinging. He's tearing apart. The Hulk is just he's a demolition force that, that knocks down everything in his, his path. That's sort of what the Hulk is. Hulk smash. But then we see in Avengers Endgame, it's a different Hulk. Now, Bruce Banner, the man, has gotten control of of the Hulk. And so the Hulk even looks a little bit like Bruce now. Uh, he is eloquent. He is kind and thoughtful, but he is still powerful and strong. And when he needs to fight and, and smash and crush, he can, but he's very controlled at this point. You see, that's what, that, that's what meekness is. It's, it's, it's power under control. It is, you can do great things. You could be a great force. You could hurt a lot of people, uh, but you choose not to. Uh, uh, a person is meek when they are wronged by someone else, and they have every right to lash out and get back at them, but they extend grace and forgiveness instead of getting revenge or attack. Att- att- 
attacking them. So meekness isn't weakness. It's actually the opposite. It's great, great power used at the right time, appropriate time. The, the meek are those who say to, 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 to God, not my will, but yours be done, and really mean it. It's You give your life to Jesus and go, once you've, once you've been saved by him and you understand uh, he, his, sec, his life and sacrifice on the cross has brought you, in, brought you in right relationship with God, you are so grateful. You say, God, my life is yours. Jesus, my life is yours. It's a blank check. Use me however you want to. How are you in submitting to Jesus' alert? lordship in your life and are you doing it today are you really doing it today god whatever you want of my life i am yours i will follow you wherever you lead what do you need to change in order to follow him today what's getting in the way what sin is a part of your life that you need to mourn over and you need to lay it down kick it away and you need to walk away from it and just trust Christ, embrace Christ. Some of the people uh, who exemplify meekness today to me are missionaries, you know, who can be very successful here in the U.S., but choose to lay down their desires, their hopes, and even their dreams to follow Jesus where he leads. Uh, and so many, uh, through the years, I've got the opportunity to talk to, and they they, they have said to me, there's nothing I could have hoped to do or more better to be a part of than what I was able to be a part of. I, I had a, a crossroad in my life where I had a choice to follow God or not. And it was like, God, I can't talk right. I am not really equipped to speak to crowds or, or lead youth. But I said, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. <clears throat> and my life has been so full because God has been so good uh, and because I was willing to to follow him. Uh, and I hate to think where I would have ended up if I didn't, but he's been so gracious to me. And he wants, that's the same God who's worked in my life. He wants to work in your life and he's working in many of your lives even right now. Trust him, follow him and obey him. May we mourn over our sin and the sin of this world. And may we choose meekness over pride. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for a chance to talk about things that are important to you. God, we just want you to be honored and, glory, uh, and glorified in all that we do. God, may we, be, we mourn over our sin and may we uh, be meek where we may have great power and strength, but we use it for your honor and your, your glory and not for selfish gain. Uh, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Y'all have a great week. Uh, love y'all. Miss y'all. Look forward to when we can meet again. Uh, take care.